So, should we welcome Diane to come and speak to us? That's very polite. Oh, very good. Enthusiastic. Now, many of you, um, I'm sure many of you have met Diane if you've been around for a little while. I'm sure you will know and agree with me that she is lovely. But one thing you, one thing you might not know about Diane is that she's also really clever. Ho oh, ho! Diane's got a PhD. Actual PhD. So I'm looking for, have I hyped you? That's not fair, is it? Just, just lower. No, 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 I'm excited. So, yeah, I'm really excited to hear what Diane's going to share with us today. So I'm going to pass over to you. Here you go. Super dupe. All right. Well, this is very exciting. I'm really pleased and excited because we're going to just talk about something that's so cool. Um, as I was thinking, th these uh, summer leaning up to the end of the term aren't a part of a series, so it was say what you want. So I was thinking about it, praying about it, and kept thinking about God with us. What does that mean, God with us? I'm like, so it's Christmas, Emmanuel, but no, we're not, we're not going to go Christmas. God with us. What does that mean? And I think, really, it's about, okay, there we go. As long as I can have my hands, I'm good. Um, it's about the presence of God with us in the Spirit. And so that's what we're going to look at today, because I think it's one of the most powerful pieces in our Christian life. And it is one um, that is just essential. But I think it's challenging. I think it is a challenging piece and something that we grow into over our whole lifetime of, of following Jesus. Certainly, it's a growing area for me. <clears throat> I grew up in a conservative Christian environment. Um, Aaron and I like to joke that we did have the Trinity, but it was more <clears throat> Father, Son, and Holy Scripture than Holy Spirit. Um, not a lot of referencing to the Spirit, none of that crazy hand-raising or anything else like that. Uh, so for me, it's been really just a slow growing awareness and practice of the Holy Spirit in my Christian life. So today we're gonna do <laughs> the Holy Spirit, how about that? We're gonna do a really high level overview, okay? We're gonna touch down gently a couple of times and we're gonna think about where this tour meets our experience because it's very wide. I'm going to recommend to you particularly the teaching by Tim Mackey. Any of teaching by Tim Mackey? There he is on the screen. He's the Bible Project chap. You can find it on um, YouTube. I'm going through my Tim Mackey period. That's what I think it will be. Uh, particularly, he has a sermon series called I Am Who I Am, and it's on the Trinity on the person of God. So there's a lot of Tim Mackey material today, and I'm gonna say that anything clever definitely has come from Tim Mackey, okay? Um, so as we start, if you're willing to, I want you to turn to a couple of people near you, and I want you to share a time when you had a moment of wow or awe, something that just kind of knocked your socks off, maybe in a quiet way, maybe in a dramatic way. Um, it might have been nature, it might have been a piece of music, it might have been a moment with your family or an experience, okay? So quick, quick, just grab a cute couple of people and see if you can think of a time where you just went, wow, okay? So we might not get any further than a wow moment in a minute. And actually, I'm really good with that. If that's as far as we get, and that, if that is what we get today, um, that's great. Uh, because if we become more awe-filled aware 
of the reality that for believers in Jesus, and I want us to take it in, so if it helps you to take something in and listen to close your eyes, then great, whatever works for you. The living God who created the universe, the stars and the earth, the ocean and the trees, God in the person of the Spirit is alive and present daily in you and with you. The very power of God which brought life and order out of chaos and darkness in creation, that same God who came in person in Jesus to rescue and save us from our mess, the fullness of who Jesus is sent as a gift to be with us every minute of every day to remind us of our true identity and to help us live as right human beings in relationship to our Heavenly Father and with other human beings. So that's a wow thing. That really is a wow thing and it's vital and it's a part of the good news when we accept and follow Jesus. It's strange and it's wonderful and it's true and it's a gift from God who is relentlessly, eternally committed to loving us and restoring us to how we are made to be. And so thinking about the Spirit of God might be new for some of us. It might be something we've heard and done and practiced all of our lives. Um, but if it's new, sometimes it can be a little strange. Maybe it seems a little strange. And I think actually to speak about a spirit of God residing in us is strange to the wider society, and that's okay. We can recognize that it is strange, but it's a truth that Christians celebrate and that we live in. Okay, so we're gonna see what we can learn about the Spirit today. First, we're gonna talk about who is the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? The Spirit is the personal presence of God with believers every moment of every day. The Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. We, we give Trinity the name um, of this reality that the God in the Bible is in a way that's really hard for us to understand fully, really. Um, a God who is made up of a community of persons, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And while the term Trinity isn't in the Bible, uh, the reality of God being three distinct persons as one God is all throughout scripture. And it's not something we're gonna track today, but the Bible Project has a really good short video on Trinity. I'll recommend it to you. But we can pray, trace the presence of the Spirit on page what of the Bible? Page one, Genesis. One, one and two, those really well-known words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. So God speaks in creation. He expels his breath and order and beauty and life come out of this darkness and chaos. It's the breath of God that comes um, this image of the spirit, this animating life that comes into the very first human person that God made. It's a gift of life that God gave, not only Adam, but each of us, I think. And these activities of the spirit are actually good ones to 
to note because what the Spirit did then, the Spirit does, does today. So breath or wind uh, are both the literal words for spirit in scripture. And um, they're images that help us maybe get our heads a little bit around this idea of the spirit. We can all see the wind. We've felt the wind. We can see the effects of the wind, but we don't literally see the wind. And we can, we can, we can all feel our breath. When you talk and when you breathe, you can put your hand up here, you can feel it. Um, we know it's something of the life power in our bodies. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but this I do know, no breath, no life, right? So breath and spirit and life and energy are all given by God and they're, they're part of the cluster of images to help us understand. Now, it's really important that we think about the reality that the spirit is a who and not a what. The spirit is a who, not a what. The illustration of wind and breath are images, but that doesn't make the spirit a what. The spirit of God is not the force, be with you, of Star Wars, yeah? Uh, it's not the natural forces of the earth. Uh, it's not the spirit of life that sometimes we hear floated around in our society that people talk about maybe in other faiths or just around. Those are not the spirit of God that's given to us in the, the Bible. It's not a what, but a who, a person. The spirit is a person who is God who comes to be with us. Uh, we're going to look a little bit um, in John 14. And uh, there's a couple things that help me think differently, more personally, be about, about the spirit. And uh, we'll, we'll chat about those in a minute. But we're going to light briefly on John 14 because it has a couple things we're going to reference as we go through. So it says, If you love me, keep my commands. This is Jesus speaking to his followers. Um, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Keep in mind, Jesus has just before this said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and show myself to them. So Jesus is saying, he's got this whole in you thing. I am in you. Um, I'm sending another who's going to be in you, someone who you know because he's been with you. I'm sending the spirit of truth. And if you march through this passage and through other ones, there's a sense in which the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus come to be with us. He says, I'm sending you a helper. I'm going, but I'm going to be with you. Spirit is coming. It's going to be just it's like me, but with you in a different way. So Jesus, as a physical human, he could only be present with a certain limited number of folks, couldn't he? As an embodied 
person, but the spirit, the very presence of Jesus uh, in the spirit, God's living presence is available to everyone all the time, everywhere. So when I think of the spirit as a who, and I find it hard to get my head around, I think Jesus with me. The person of Jesus with me. And I find that a little harder to get a hold, a little easier to get hold of. A little easier to get hold of than thinking God is with me, which can be a little, a little big, maybe a little nebulous, um, even though it's true. Uh, sometimes I think it's Jesus with me, or if I had the presence of Jesus with me, oh, I do, I do. I had the presence of Jesus with me. Everything I know of Jesus is with me. The early believers in the Bible spoke of the spirit as the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of God's son. So when I think of the spirit as a who, sometimes it helps me to think of Jesus with me. The other thing that I've recently found helpful, and I'll just throw it out there, when thinking of the spirit as a person, drop the. A longtime friend of mine from uni um, speaks this way. And when I first heard her say it, I was like, that's kind of funny. That's a bit weird. But then actually, I thought, oh, actually, that's, that's kind of helpful. So she says things like, um, ah, that's just like spirit to do this or that. Or spirit was encouraging me. Spirit was reminding me. And says it like a name. And to say spirit more like a personal name rather than an entity. So I'm going to sprinkle it in here as we go along, and you see how it strikes you. I'll just leave it, leave it there. So that's a, pre, a brief who the Spirit is. Now, perhaps at this point, again, if you would be willing, if you can turn to your neighbor and say briefly, if there's anything that we've talked about with the who the Spirit is that has particularly struck you. Maybe you heard it in a slightly different way or it resonated with you or you have questions. So a couple minutes, turn to your neighbors, have a little two-minute debrief before we carry on. Okay, the room's getting quiet. Great. I didn't bring a watch. I didn't bring my phone, so I don't know how we're doing on time. Might be that we share a little bit later. So I did say we're going to do a really high-level overview, right? And we're going to we're covering lots and lots of terrain. So um, we're going to just carry on because we're going to look a little bit about what we know from Scripture that the Spirit does, or how the Spirit works in our life. We've thought a little bit about who the Spirit is, um, and we're going to touch on kind of three broad areas of the work of the Spirit. Again, we're doing this quite flying and incomplete tour uh, for time's sake. I'm not going to go through a ton of Bible verses, but I have printed a takeaway sheet with some verses that are um, particularly about the, the Spirit in Scripture. Uh, so you can take those away. Again, not an exhaustive list, but carefully copied and pasted for you <laughs> today. Uh, so before we carry on, though, I want to pause and ask Spirit to highlight to us some aspect of his work that is timely or important for each of us right now. We're going to have time to reflect at the end, but I'm just going to pause and pray for us as we do the second half, okay? So, Spirit, 
who lives in us and is with us, this, the living presence of God, our Father and Jesus, the Son, speak into our lives where you are at work or want to be at work in each of us. Amen. So what does scripture show God's Spirit doing? One area where we see the Spirit at work is that the Spirit affirms to us that we are saved and brought into a new, restored relationship and identity to God. When we put our trust in Jesus, when we say, I believe that you came as the unique God-man Jesus to be the person that I cannot be, and you take in yourself, Jesus, the ugly and terrible results of my wrong and all the wrong in the world, when I put my trust in that gift to rescue and save me, when I recognize God's authority in my life, I become a renewed person. This new right relationship with God gives us identity. The Bible says in Romans 8, 15, the Spirit tells our spirit that we're children of God, adopted by God into his family. We receive the same inheritance that he gives his son, Jesus. We're daughters of the king, sons of the king. We receive this inheritance and position and purpose now and for eternity. So the Spirit reminds us who we are, who we are. And whatever false identities we take for ourselves or that others give to us, those are not true in light of the identity that God gives us. The Spirit speaks truth about our identity, and voices that do not speak truth are false and need to be told to take a hike or words of your choice. Because when we accept Jesus, this internal spiritual renewal brings the presence of God in his spirit in us. Now, one way this is talked about in the Bible um, is that we are God's temple. Each of us who follow Jesus are a temple. This is a real Tim Mackey thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you to look at his video in a minute. A temple is a place where heaven and earth come together. In you, in you, in you, in me. It's amazing. Um, here we're back to the awe part. We don't have time to unpack temples, so I'll just commend the Bible Project video on heaven and earth. But this idea that God comes and moves in to us, and us earthly people meet heaven and he dwells in us. So the Spirit comes and gives us identity. The Spirit comes and resides. And that, that whole first area of the Spirit's work in us about salvation and right relationship, restored identity as God's children, carriers of God's presence, it has big implications. That's the second area of the Spirit's work that we're going to look at. The Spirit lives in us to shape us towards God's character and God's best life, which is available to us. So the Spirit living in us, shapes us towards God's character and God's best life available to us. Now, I do say available to us because we can cooperate with God's work in our life. Um, 
the spirit regenerating and renewing and transforming our mind over our lifetime, refining our understanding of what God's best is and being shaped, or we can resist. We can try to live our life our own way, uh, deciding what's right and wrong, usually selectively, um, and we can be unwilling to submit all that we are to what God has for us. And I think if you're like me, um, it's the spiritual life as a lifetime work of cooperation with God, uncovering all the subtle little pockets that we have yet to allow God's transforming power to touch. So how does the Spirit shape us into God's character and best life? The Spirit is God's presence in us who guides us. Our passage that we looked at in John 14 calls the Spirit a helper or an advocate. Um, one who literally comes aside, Greek word paraclete. It, they used it for a boat, a big boat that came alongside and guided a ship into the harbor. So as we learn about what God's life is like in scripture, in prayer, in the body, in church, um, living uh, life in God's truth, uh, we become more and more aware. What, what is it about? Spirit will speak to us and guide us in a variety of ways if we will but be attentive. So the Spirit is a guide. There are many passages in the Bible that speak about the transforming character piece of the Spirit. The Spirit brings joy. Spirit brings peace, truth, hope, power. Spirit brings freedom. God's love is poured into our hearts by the Spirit. All those things God's peace and joy and hope, they come from Spirit speaking in and living in us. And all of these are aspects of what the Spirit brings. In fact, they're aspects of God's nature, God's very self, which are available to us as we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So there's a passage in Galatians chapter 5. Some of you might know this. Some of you might have grown up in church doing this. There's a song. Um, the Bible talks about life with the Spirit in a variety of ways. Sometimes it says, live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit. It's lots of ways of saying, it's life together in tandem with the Spirit. And when this life comes in us, our lives produce certain kinds of character traits that are in keeping with God alive in us and flowing out of us. Galatians 5, it uses the, the illustration of fruit fruitfulness. It's a lovely time of year. I've been just eating as many strawberries as I can get my hands on because they're in season, right? So things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those things that we might have learned in a Sunday school song. Those traits become a part of our lives as we allow God in his spirit to transform our character and shape us. And then the good but actually quite challenging news uh, is that there's lots of implications of how I live when my identity is changed and when God's Spirit is changing my life. My life, um, there's a saying that God absolutely takes us just as we are, but he's not content to leave us there. So a new life doesn't look like the life where I'm in control and I'm living for myself in my own best wisdom. 
the whole of the New Testament is full of letters written to people and churches um, where uh, followers of Jesus, where the letters often say, hey, you're a new creation with God's spirit in you, so you live differently. This is how you live. You don't live like this. You live like this. Spirit's transformation applies to every area of my life. How I spend my money, how I treat my coworkers, my employees, my employers, what I do with my body, my sex life, how I relate to my spouse, my children, my parents, my neighbors, even that neighbor, even that coworker. It has implications for how I speak, how I treat those who are vulnerable, who are weak in society, and more and more and more. And so the Bible encourages us, live by the Spirit, be shaped and guided by the Spirit of life. So that's area number two. Last area. You all right? Everybody okay? <laughs> third, third, we're coming in for a landing. The Spirit gifts and equips us in joining God's work in the world. This is really good news. God is not going to leave his creation in the state that it's in. Uh, it will be restored. God wants every person to live in a right relationship with him and to each other and even to creation itself. And the joys that he's called us, just like he called us in the garden, he's called us to partner with him and to join in his work restoring the world. And to that end, the Spirit's at work in our life. Um, as believers, as God decides, the Spirit gifts us um, to work in his work in the world. We talk about these um, in, as spiritual gifts. That's what they're talked about in, in the Bible. There's several passages that talk about different spiritual gifts. There's opinions on how many and how and where. And we're not going to go into that, and it doesn't matter, because the point is... By the power of the Spirit in us, God uses all sorts of things that he's given us, ways he's wired us, gifts that he gives us as a grace. And he empowers that to be used by him in his work. Now, everything we have is God's, and it's all for us to be a steward of. But the Bible tells us that God gives and uses particular aspects gifts to work in the church and in the world as we share about God's goodness. And the Bible lists all sorts of things. So there's a whole huge variety. Giving money, encouraging people, bringing healing, exercising administration, teaching, discernment of spiritual realities, wisdom, leadership, and more. Every believer has gifts and everyone has a role to play. So the Spirit in our lives takes those and just gets a lot done with them because they're Holy Spirit energized and life filled. It's gonna look different from person to person, context to context, because the way that God made you and your life and where he puts you is different than the next person. It's different from me. But the important bit is that God's given us all gifts and called us all to work in his world. Okay. Everybody take a big breath. We've done a really high um, overview of what it looks like for the Spirit of God to be present in our lives. And we're going to move to some ministry time. Are we in good time? Are we all right? Okay. Um, we're going to continue to ask 
Spirit to highlight where he's at work. So we've looked at the Spirit as a person, uh, the who, person that lives in us, God's living present. And if you have not accepted Jesus' offer of rescue and God's place in your life as king for the first time, but you want to do that, and you want to have that living presence of God in you, you can ask him. Um, or you might just want to settle into some thankfulness for the amazing gift that that is. The Spirit confirms our identity as God's children, new creations. And God might be speaking to you about this. God might be speaking to you about putting off false identities and living into the identity that God's given you as beloved child. The presence of the Spirit shapes us in our character and our behavior. And perhaps the Spirit has identified something there in your life, my life, that is an area where he would like to transform you. Because that is his work to do. It's ours to cooperate. And the Spirit equips us with gifts to serve the church and to serve God's work in the world. And maybe the Spirit's speaking to you about what that looks like. How is it work in you and through you in your daily, everyday, normal, old life? Okay.